0: Shi'ar Jeshub Christian Tabernacle of Madison, Connecticut, welcomes you to this edition of Shi'ar Jeshub, featuring the ministry of Pastor Greg Scalzo. Today we pick up the Sermon on Heavenly Authority from 1 Samuel chapter 14. When we left off, Saul, hearing the sound of chaos at the Philistine camp, abandons consulting the Lord and instead orders the priest with the ark and ephod to withdraw his hand. Here now is Pastor Greg. And impatience can be a terrible thing in Christian leadership. It's all too easy to get caught up in the emotions of the moment, the crisis of the moment, what seems so important to do at that particular moment. The increased noise And it's even more so as churches grow in size, and there's more things going on, and that drone and that noise is so easy to be caught up in what it seems right to do, and probably is right to do. Maybe we're supposed to do it. I'm confident that the Lord would have told Saul to join in the battle. Obviously, he's blessing Jonathan and the armor-bearer. Why would he not send Saul and the troops in also? to finish what he started it's all too easy to be caught up even what we should do that we don't include God in the process that we don't stop and pause and ask for his blessings his leading there might be something that we are missing there might be some way he wants us to go about even that which is right it's all too easy to block God out when there's so much emotion and so much movement and so much need to feel you have to do something. Remember Saul felt he had to do something over at Gilgal. The people were getting antsy. The people were getting fearful. Samuel's not here. We waited the allotted time. Okay, let's make a sacrifice. It's all too easy to feel you have to do something and run ahead of God, but there's always time to consult the Lord. Impatience is a dangerous thing in leadership. And you see how God is doing a battle. He doesn't need anybody. The Philistines, we read here, that when Saul and the people assembled with him, when they go into battle, indeed, every man's sword of the Philistines is against his neighbor. There's very great confusion. They're killing each other. As some say, gee, the Israelites have had a victory, and they start to run. The others say, you better stay. And they start to fight among themselves. They start to kill each other every man's sword is against his neighbor. So Saul finds the Philistines striking each other with their own swords. He's already done the work based upon Jonathan's faith and the faith of that young armor-bearer. But if Saul had waited for the Lord a few moments, maybe Saul would have received the word from the Lord to tell him that it was Jonathan and his young armor-bearer, that have labored long, that have labored since the early hours that afford an impossible battle. Maybe he would have had a word from God. Saul needed a word from God that he could have understood and acted wisely rather than making the foolish oath we're going to read about, an oath that will limit the victory, that will bring shame and unholiness and cursing upon his own household and upon his kingship. He needed to hear a word from God Rather than just running right out without consulting the Lord. Withdraw your hand. Stop. We don't have time for God right now. Maybe had he waited, his heart would have been in a better place. And so wisdom would have been found in his mind and he would not have acted so foolishly, so stupidly. And... When he goes right into battle, he's going out without the ark, he's going out without the blessing, he doesn't have the blessing, he doesn't have the revelation, the Urim and the Thummim, the light and the perfection. He doesn't have the revealed word and he doesn't have the blessedness upon him. And how we need to wait upon the Lord and to be patient and to have that blessed anointing and to have that word. And Christian leaders need patience to seek God for his anointing and his word, to lead them in every situation, even when it looks like the answer is clear, even when it looks like, well, this is obviously the right thing to do. Still, if it's not done with the blessed presence of God, if it's not done with the word of revelation, it's not going to end the right way. We need to have God involved. God must be in the front of any battle. That was a symbol of the ark, right? It wasn't the ark itself. It was a symbol that God must be in the front of every battle, by His spirit, by His word, waiting upon Him, waiting upon the Lord, letting the Lord lead the battle. And you know, the impatience that comes into churches when people feel the need to do something, can destroy a work of the Lord. The impatience that comes in when people start to do things they shouldn't do. And how many programs are done because it feels like this is the right thing to do. And there's not the time to sit quietly and say, what do the scriptures say? Lord, give me your spirit. Give us your word. Give us your anointing to feel your blessing upon this. But the mind kicks in as Saul's mind kicks in. There are churches where they're hungry there are believers that are hungry for the Word of God. They're hungry for His written Word, and they study and they memorize His Word, and they love His Word. But when it comes to the things of the Spirit, they're impatient. And they don't want to wait upon the Lord's anointing and His glory and His leading. It's as though they say, well, we have the knowledge, and knowledge alone is enough. So let's use our knowledge and do such and such, and when it comes to the blessing that needs to come from heaven, the Word is correct, but you need the blessing of God. They're impatient. It's as though they say, withdraw your hand, we'll take it from here, Lord. We know what the Word says, and we'll take it from here. And there's no patience for the things of the Spirit. There's no patience for the leading of the Spirit, the blessing, the showering, the presence of God coming down, the glory of the Lord. And there are churches who hunger for the presence of God and for the touch of God and for the blessings that come through the anointing of the Holy Spirit, for that touch of heaven. And yet, many times the people are terribly impatient when it comes to the Word of the Lord. It's as though... They love so much being in the Spirit that if they were at Pentecost and Peter got up to preach, they would say, shut up, sit down. Or if Paul walked in and said, you know, we need a few intelligible words in the congregation that those that hear can be saved, they would put them out. Because they're not patient with the Word. It's hard for them to read. It's hard for them to know. And really all of it is impatience towards God, running off ahead of the Lord. We need his word, we need his spirit, we need his blessing. God must be in the front of any battle and it's just all too easy to take control ourselves and to be impatient with the things of the Lord. Saul goes into the right battle with the wrong heart and the result is an action of stupidity and Saul is going to look stupid when rashness replaces waiting and consulting the Lord, the church looks foolish. Saul is going to look a foolish man here when he makes this rash oath. When rashness and impatience replace waiting on the Lord, consulting the Lord, wanting to know the will of the Lord, as a people we can look foolish. Let's read verse 21. Moreover the Hebrews who were with the Philistines before that time, who went up with them into the camp from the surrounding country, they also joined the Israelites who were with Saul and Jonathan. Moreover, the Hebrews who were with the Philistines before that time. What are these stout-hearted Israelites, and I use that phrase sarcastically, what have they done? They've gone to the Philistines. They're deserters. They're traitors. They're mercenaries. They saw the Philistines were winning, so they joined up with them. Now what happens? When they hear the sound, when they hear what's going on in the camp, they also join the Israelites who are with Saul and Jonathan. They rejoin up. They come on into the group. Now Saul's gone into the battle, and he should go in probably. And now these hear the victory, and these deserters, these traitors of Israel, Now leave the Philistines, who they deserted Israel for, and come back to the Israelites to be on the right side, to be on the winning side. Verse 22, Likewise, all the men of Israel, who had hidden in the mountains of Ephraim, when they heard that the Philistines fled, they also followed hard after them in battle. So more stout-hearted men come out. These are the guys who hid in the pits and the caves. Everybody's coming to the battle. The traitors, the fearful, the cowards, they're all coming in because where there's success and victory, boy, how people will flock to be a part of it. Saul was left before with 600. Now he's got tons of people coming out. That's the mob mentality. Now, God is going to use that, obviously, for victory. Hopefully, a number of those people see it and say, what did I do before? And they repent, especially the ones that went over to the enemy, and they repent and their salvation but the reality is when it's fearful people flee when I mean, Jesus was left all by himself and when it's popular when it's winning people love to they come out of the holes in the ground and they want to join in and that's true that where there's success and victory people join in that's true in every area of human effort in finances and business and education every area it's true in marriages Some marriages are based upon if times are going good or bad. When times are going bad, boy, they want to split apart fast. Times are going good, they give it a second look. It's also true in the church. You know, where's the place to be? And it can even be a downside to revival. Now, revivals are wonderful things because multitudes get saved in a relatively short period of time. It would take years and years and years to do. When revival happens, it happens quick. But one of the downsides of revival, which ministers need to know, is that many times there can be those who come in that have really no intention of ever putting on the wedding garments. You could have miracles happen where multitudes get fed with five loaves and two small fish you could see every sick person in a service get healed. You could have the obvious fact that someone has crossed the lake in a tempest without a boat. And when that person gets to the other side, if he says one word that the people don't like, that the multitude don't like, many, many will turn back. One of the sadest scriptures is John chapter six, and it's interesting that the reference that was given to that scripture was John chapter six, verse 66, John 6, 6-6. It says, for that time, many of his disciples went back and walked with Jesus, walked with him no more. After all the miracles, They were going to take, you read earlier on in verse 15, that when he multiplied the loaves and the fish and he healed all the sick, they were going to grab him by force and make him king. And he said a couple of things, he preached a couple of things they didn't like. And the stout-hearted multitude, many, many, many of them, walked with him no more. You have been listening to the teaching ministry of Greg Scalzo, pastor of Shear Jeshub Christian Tabernacle of Madison, Connecticut. May the Lord keep you safe in His blessed hands, as with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, you serve Him.